Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Sunday, the 13th of October. I am Keith Hutner smith He is Ty Delbridge, and you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. As always, you can reach us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, trailcasters at gmail.com. We will take those emails, too. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all of the podcatchers out there. And Ty, we are always looking for those what? Five stars. Yes, sir. And these beautiful beats you are hearing right now, you can find from Odar at SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. Please support your beat makers and all of your local artists, as well as your fellow podcasts, such as our buddy that we have joining us today, Christian Gamelin of the Peeps and Plaids Podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Stoked to be with you guys. Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, you also joined me at the Blazer game last night. Thank you for uh, getting in there. It was good to see uh, another Princeton game, which we will get to lots of uh, lots of details on it later. First things first, though, shout out to our sponsors, Envy Adventures, and Clearly Speaking. Uh, Christian, have you, uh, I know your, your podcast co-host, Austin, lives down in Phoenix. Austin in Phoenix, huh? We can get some wordplay going there. Have you, uh, have you, got, have you ever flown down to see him? Have you gotten any, uh, any get-togethers of him coming up here or going down there? Well, we've met up a couple times up here. Uh, both he has a family member who works with the airline industry, and my brother also does. So we kind of got the hookup as far as flying, but I haven't gone down to Phoenix to visit him. But, you know, we grew up in Camas, Washington together, so we've known each other for a long time, and we get to see each other every once in a while now. Nice. Well, I, I used to live down in Phoenix, actually, and uh, I've been talking about trying to get a trip down, trip back down there. I'm not totally sure if Corey and Envy Adventures would take us all the way to Phoenix, but they do do Shoot. they do some local uh, Northwest charter flights as well as some beautiful scenic kind of flights around uh, around the Pacific Northwest, around Portland, around the Gorge, Mount Hood, all the beautiful scenery we have up here. There's some beautiful scenery down in Phoenix, too, though, so maybe we should look into seeing if they'll take a charter that far. It's not that bad, southwest and northwest, you know? Uh, <laughs> get down there and see Austin, see my old stomping grounds. Ty, what do you think? Are you in? If they can fit us I'm all in, in there for it. I love right, a good man. adventure. All right, well, <laughs> we'll talk to Corey uh, over at Envy Adventures. That's E-I-E-N-V-I Adventures.com. Got to make sure you spell that right if you check out their website. Also, they got some cheap flights right now, scenic ones around uh, around the northwest here. So go and check those out too, E-N-V-I Adventures.com. And our one other longtime OG sponsor, Brenda Nuckton, over at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com. She can help with uh, vocal training, getting rid of the stutters, the ums, some of the pauses, a lot of the things that I'm still working on. But I've had a few meetups with her, and even in brief conversation, she can help, man. It's, a, it's amazing what, uh, what a real professional can do to just kind of... Uh, analyze quickly and give you even just small small things that will help with. For me, mostly it's about slowing down. I speak way too fast, especially today. I've had a little extra tea this morning. I had some business yeah. to get to earlier, and I feel like I've got a little bit of the jitters. So it's not just the blazer excitement that we're three games into the preseason, but I'm a little, a little jacked up right now. Okay, that's enough from me. I've been talking about our sponsors. Uh, you know, I guess we heard from uh, Christian you a little bit on you and Austin's show. From your last episode, uh, Christian, you guys had someone on to talk about a topic that Ty, you and I talked about last Sunday with our, our guest Chris Burkhart. Uh, all the stuff going on in Hong Kong, uh, not just their their fight over freedom uh, and and human rights over there, but their uh, the issue with the NBA as well that were sparked by Daryl Morey's tweets. When we talked about this last week, Ty. It was kind of on the front end of the issue. Uh, this hadn't really blown up. We were kind of speculating about how big of a deal it would really be. Chris mentioned who really cares about what Daryl says specifically. It shouldn't be this big of a deal, I think was kind of his point. Yeah. But obviously, this has become kind of a big deal. Uh, I've seen some journalists say, uh, uh, some NBA journalists say that this has uh, got the league kind of flummoxed more than he's seen in his career over several decades of work. This is no small thing. There's a lot of money involved, and there's a lot of uh, culture cross where... How, how do you have 
it's one thing to have a difference of opinion and come to the table with someone about that. But when you have different values, different ideals uh, to work from as far as uh, U.S. ideals versus China ideals, that's a very complex issue. Uh, Christian, can you tell us what you guys talked about on your episode and, and who exactly did you have on? Yeah, on our last episode of Peeps and Plaid, we had Austin's current roommate, uh, Anderson. Uh, shoot, I don't remember his last name. Anderson, who I met for the first time on the pod. And he just had a really good perspective. He's born in America. He's American. And he lived in Taiwan for most of his life, I believe. And so he was just giving his perspective on how Taiwan isn't, you know, actually China. But China has just a lot of influence and a lot of, he said, just trying to strong arm uh, over policies in Taiwan, life in Taiwan. I mean, just imagine, like, they're doing this to the NBA and we're all the way across the pond and, you know, we got so much, I don't know, it's, it's a very different country. Like, Taiwan is much smaller and it's right there. So I, I can only imagine how much influence they have there. So Anderson just brought a lot of really good insight into that. And it's it's just, the whole point of it is, it's wild to me. It's like, this is America. You can't dictate what employees of American companies say just because you don't like it. And and really, it's just such a minor thing. It was, it was a tweet, like, supporting people in a different country. And just that was enough for the country to say, okay, we're done showing anything from the Houston Rockets. People are already painting over Houston Rockets banners, things like that. There's like a lot of fear in China. So, you know, I, I have a lot more I could say on it, but it's just wild right now in China with the NBA. We'll definitely check out uh, their episode, the latest Peeps in, Pla- uh, Peeps in Plaid episode. Excuse me, I feel like I said that name wrong. It's kind of a tongue twister. Um, but yeah, check that out for more of the details on that one. And just to follow up from our episode last time too, I, I think it is... It's, it's an interesting issue. I feel like I've kind of said a lot of it already. Ty, am I, am I walking over you too much on this? Do you want to... I feel like no, you're going to move on. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I don't have too much to say on it. Um, what I did find weird was there was some fans who were here, I think at a Wizards game or something, with signs that said Free Hong Kong, and they got like taken down, which I find that ridiculous because that was right. happening here in America. Yeah. That's, yeah that, that's where I was like, all right, that's too much. That's a right great now. point, actually. No, thank you for bringing that up. I totally forgot about that. Uh, it, was it a Wizards game, or I feel like I heard something in it's Philly? So, I, Maybe there's yeah. multiple events of this. Yeah, our, yeah. I'm not exactly I, sure where it was. Yeah, it was I, I know that at the Wizards game in Washington D.C., capital of the United States of America, there were people with the free Hong Kong shirts, and they weren't telling them to take their shirts off, but they also pulled out multiple signs and were having them taken away. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. See, I feel like I saw the same event, but I could have sworn I saw something about Philly as well. It, w- it doesn't really matter whether there's multiple uh, locations or not. Like you said, Ty, this was in the U.S. Yeah. This is a spot where we have the freedom of expression to, to to make statements like this. Whether the sign said free Hong Kong, or I saw one that was, uh, forgive my pronunciation here, Google Weigers, I think is how yeah. you say it, yeah. referring to uh, the, the culture of people over there uh, that are... Just, I, I mean, again, I don't want to get into all the details. It's, it's, it's much heavier than just basketball. But what is interesting about this is... Uh, the NBA specifically, they've really built their brand on allowing personal expression. We've seen years of players expressing their rights through t-shirts and and being supported as far as uh, social issues and expressing how they felt on it. Uh, I commented on our last episode with Chris how it's strange how Daryl Morey was criticized so hard so fast by uh, Tillman Fertitta Fertitta, uh, microwave hot pocket guy, owner of the Rockets (laughs) down there, uh, because he... I essentially was bringing up is Daryl Morey being more censored because he's wearing a suit instead of a jersey. And I know that's kind of reverse as far as what we usually see 
as far as censorship, but it is strange that we promote the NBA promotes so much uh, freedom of expression, but when the Chinese, you know, the, when the almighty dollar comes in and China's uh, weight with that and their ability to throw around value, it's it's been surprising how quick this has become a really touchy, fragile subject. Okay. That is all I want to say on that. Thank you both for putting up with the, the more serious, less Blazer-centric stuff. This one is a little more Blazer-centric, still serious, though, and I'm going to tie it in and we'll move on, okay? Uh, the Leopold and Stevens partnership is over. I just want to celebrate this for a minute because we've talked about it before on Trailcasters. Uh, this is a company that builds... Uh, they, they make binoculars and such for birding, for hunting locally. They also make, uh, I believe, military combat scopes for sniper weapons that have been used in the Middle East in ways that... Uh, uh, I don't think should be supported by the U.S. and, and countries that promote freedom and equality. Uh, so this partnership last year by, uh, by the Blazers raised a lot of protests, and there were some people in there that uh, were caught on camera wearing protest shirts and were kind of panned away from. So the Blazers put out a statement about this, saying uh, that the segment will continue honoring veterans, uh, presumably with another sponsor, but they, they will continue the segment. However... The partnership with Leopold and Stevens has ended, and the Blazers wanted to clarify, this is what they put on Twitter, that the Leopold sponsorship contract officially expired at the end of last season, and they made the decision, Leopold and Stevens, that is, made the decision not to renew the contract. Their decision, here's the key part, was business-related and not influenced by external pressure as being misreported by certain media outlets. So they're trying to say, no, 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 this wasn't because fans protested or because fans didn't like it. This was just LNS choosing not to do business. And it's like, you know what, I wonder... If just maybe Leopold and Steven saw fans protesting mm -hmm. that they didn't like this brand and said, yeah, you know what, we're out of here. If that's the case, fine. It doesn't matter if, if fans drove them out or protested, whatever, if it put pressure on the situation. I don't see why the Blazers had to release this statement. It seemed a little strange. But uh, moving past that, not trying to criticize Blazers for it, I did see, tying back to the Hong Kong thing, a, uh, and a Twitter account, Fight for Freedom Stand with Hong Kong, posted on the Leopold and Stevens uh, post that the Blazers had th this whole thing about their contract, said Chinese backlash against rockets Daryl Morey is an affront to universal values of freedom and human dignity. China is selling its market for our freedom. Say no to China hegemony. We call on all NBA teams to tweet this in unison for solidarity. Together we stand for freedom. This was posted on the bottom of the Blazers uh, tweet. I did not see it deleted or uh, removed in any way as, as far as uh, right before this podcast. So, you know, yeah, fingers crossed there's some support coming up. All right. Yeah. I apologize. I do to hope both they of you. do still have a thing during the game that, or that like we still honor these like heroes yes. and veterans. I still hope they bring something back in because that needs to happen. With you. Yeah, I, I was thinking there's there's always that tough gray area where like I, you know, I'm I don't know the information about Leopold Stevens too well. I know that yes, there, there's definitely talk that it had ill effects and um, led to deaths of people that shouldn't. But it, it made me think about this might be out of left field. But in the Marvel movies with Tony Stark and Iron Man, and you see, like, they, they really uh -huh. address that kind of stuff. Where Tony Stark, he's just, like, this big businessman, you know. And then later on, you hear about, like, Wanda Maximoff, uh, the Scarlet Witch, and, and uh, what's his name? Quicksilver. How, yep. like, they were sitting there for, like, two days with a bomb that had the name Tony Stark just waiting to die. Right. Kind of thing. Right. And it's like, shoot, like, that's intense. So, like, with, with stuff like Leupold and Stevens, it's like, yeah, I mean, like, war is just a beast. It's a monster. You know, you, you don't... I mean, it's tough to see what's really happening behind the scenes, who's contributing in what way. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is tough, and it, it's really easy to to be like, okay, like that, those guys are bad, those guys supplied that. Um, but man, it, it's just it's tough. I mean, and and I say that, and it's kind of 
anti what I was going with the other day where it's uh, on my pod talking about the Hong Kong stuff where I was annoyed with Steve Kerr not making a legitimate stance on it. Um, but like stuff with, with China, it's like, man, it's it's very cut and dry. It's black and white. Um, when I look at it, you look at stuff with the, the Uyghurs, the Uyghurs, I'm not sure what it's called, um, but it's like a Muslim group in China. And they're just, it, it's very like concentration camp-like and um, mind control kind of stuff and just terrible conditions. So um, with stuff with China, it's, it's pretty cut and dry um, that we don't want what China has to offer. We don't want our freedom of speech taken away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree with everything you're saying, and thank you for that. Uh, and, you know, again, I apologize to both of you guys for kind of ranting off on this stuff, but <laughs> it, it's more serious than a Blazer podcast generally should be. But I'm, I will not hear from anyone. Any, 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 we've gotten some things before when we've talked about this stuff, uh, some of the stick to sports and all this. And I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, these issues matter. These are important mm-hmm. things. And again, uh, just to uh, sum this up and move on, it's spelled U-Y-G-H-U-R-S. So literally, like their sign said, here in America where these guys were cens- censored for bringing this up and trying to protect and uh, uh, make people aware of this, just trying to say Google Weigers. Uh, go ahead and do that. All you got to do is type in U-Y-G-H-U-R-S. You'll find out more about this issue yourself, and you can make your own decisions for it. All right. Thank you both for giving me that time to rant. I feel like we need to call that opening segment, forget an icebreaker. It needs to be like Keith's like Keith's Corner or something like this. <laughs> Keith's Chaos Corner. We'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, some better news before we get uh, specifically to the Blazers. Shout out to Elena Deladon and the Mystics. Have either of you guys watched some of the WNBA finals they've had? They just had the fifth game. Uh, it was. I did not. Oh, dude, it's all right. Dude, it's it's no. not easy to watch. They they make this difficult. They they need to yeah. put this out more on ESPN, not on ESPN two or tucked away on like back channels or back times. We you've you've seen players comment on that. NBA and WNBA players have made it clear that you know it it seems a little unfair. Yeah, like I'm I'm a big fan of the WNBA as a whole. I am also a big fan of being lazy and not listening mm-hmm. to things that aren't easy. I listen to sports right. radio constantly because I get in my car and sports radio is on. Uh, when I have to work to listen to things, I'm not good at supporting things that I really care about. And, you're not and the, I, you're not I did the I did the like like the league pass for WNBA this season, and I watched like two or three games, and I've watched a lot of highlights. Luckily, but it's it's been it's tough when it's not right there. It's tough in the 21st century to make time for it. Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, it, it, it definitely is. It's just, And that's not a, a, an uncommon thing either. That's not like some, something specific to you. They know this. They know mm-hmm. that it's harder. If, if things are harder to access, uh, it's not going to get as much interest. Like that, it's, That's fairly universal, at least across America. Like that, This is used in politics and voting and everything else. Again, heavier issues than we need to get into. But uh, as far as the WNBA championship here, Elena Deladon and the Mystics, they had a really tight series going. She had some injuries even, and it was questionable whether she'd be able to come back. She did come back, uh, and in Game 5, they do a five-game series there instead of seven like the NBA. Uh, she she had 21 points, nine rebounds in the in the Game 5, uh, and I think what's almost more impressive than 21-9 and nine in a clinching Game 5 uh, uh, in the finals was she suffered not one, not two, but three herniated, herniated discs in her back. Wow. That's why she almost didn't come back, and wait, she did. <laughs> Wow. <sighs> right? I don't care who you are. That is tough. So yeah. let me read this quote to you uh, from the post-game presser. Natasha Cloud was one of her teammates. Says, Elena not only has one herniated disc, she has three. And Elena kind of like leans in, goes, the medical staff is going to kill you for that. She's like, I don't care. It's so important that when you're talking about players or playing for players to the left and the right of you and being a leader on the team, being one of the captains and pushing through to win us a championship, 
I mean, that's a huge testament to both her and Ariel. Again, thank you. So just, you know, the point here is she's just really emphasizing, like, what she came back from, what she fought through. And I think maybe, you know, like we're talking about, it's hard to watch the WNBA or it's hard to kind of build popularity. There's this perception that they're not as tough. Dude, how many NBA players, like even Paul Pierce was talking about how insane that is to come back on three discs. Uh, even like after Natasha made those statements, there's a reporter in kind of the distance that says like, wait, so how many? And she's like, yeah, three of them fangs, three of them. I say, no, it's three individual. Yeah. Just crazy. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Alina Deladon and the Mystics. Nice win on that. Uh, hopefully next summer when the NBA is off and we are all looking for basketball, we're all craving that stuff. We're looking at all these like off season trades and moves around the NBA. Like we really care about it. All we want is basketball involvement. Hopefully next year it'll be easier to watch the WNBA because there's some real ball being played over there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ty, take <coughs> us into the uh, to the preseason games and what has happened last week. Maybe we start with FanFest, in fact. You and I had some... Uh... I wasn't at FanFest. You were, but I know that I won the team bet even though okay. it was team gray, <laughs> not team white, but I'll still take it. Okay, yeah, that's way no. Wasn't I team? Was I the black team or the gray yeah. team? I thought you were the white you were team. Team black. I was oh, team gray. Oh, so the. <laughs> and uh, I think we had MVP picks. I was trying to get Collins for his MVP, and you wanted Anthony Simons. Simons. Collins didn't even play. I don't think, or did he play just in the beginning of the fan fest? I don't, I don't really remember I don't at this remember. point. Look, there's been a much more important basketball that's happened since then, and that was the preseason <laughs> games. Now, uh, uh, so yeah, the game Denver one. Game at yeah. the BMC, which was awesome. It was 70s night. They had 70s music going. All the coaches yes. were in their just awesome outfits. I mean, like like with Terry Stotts, had his chest hair hanging out, and his like, <laughs> so jam- oh, man, his shoes. I loved it. It was awesome. I was there. I know Keith was there. It was awesome. I, I, I mean, like we still lost, but it was still a great, fun time. Yeah, yeah, dude. We got our first uh, our picture that I think is now the backer on some of the socials yep. uh, in front of that big 50, uh, that big kind of block they had going. I actually got a pin for that last night, too, so I got a nice little gold 50 for uh, my Blazer game night get up now. Uh, yeah, dude, it was pretty cool. It was nice. We did lose 105-94, but I thought it was cool seeing some of the players. White side right from the start, he just he looks big, dude. And I'm not saying Nurkic wasn't big or slightly bigger, but I think it's maybe the athleticism that White side has. He's so long. About. He's just yeah. so, so long. Yeah, it's like Nurk, I feel like a lot of Nurk's strength is the lower body and kind of the the footwork he has. He's not getting up above the rim quite as much, but this dude, he gets up and he's got so much power in those arms, man. I, it's, I, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think uh, about Clint Capella when I see Hassan Whiteside, where it's just like he has the explosiveness to get up. He's getting blocks. He's getting dunks. It's just it's very different from what Nurk does, but it, he's still just anchoring the middle. It's really nice to see. I like yeah, that comparison. Okay. All right, so what was the next game? We had a... Uh, it was Maccabi... What is it? Like Haifa? Maccabi Haifa. Haifa? 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 The, Greens. the Greens. I was uh, tweeting all up in that game. I was at that <laughs> game, and everyone's like, ah, where's the where's the video? And I, you know, my phone would have died in like 30 seconds if I tried to videotape it, or, yeah. you know, I probably would have gotten kicked out or something. <laughs> this, one, yeah, this one was on TV was, at all, uh, man, so you're, you're our, our best connection for that. Please, tell us. <laughs> Go right in. It, Give us the play-by-play. Play. good. Scal was uh, Scal was killing. Scal had a whole bunch of rebounds. Shoot, now I can't even think of how many. Uh, but Scal was killing on the boards. He brings intensity all the time. That's something I was telling you, Keith, last night at the other preseason game. Uh, Scal just puts in energy the whole time. He might not be the heaviest guy, might not be the most skilled guy. He's he's a decent shooter. He's um, good on the boards, good good getting blocks. But yeah, he puts in energy constantly. When he's playing, he's playing. So it's it's awesome to see him uh, if. If he gets extended minutes with the Blazers, either because he's earned them or because um, of 
other injuries on the Blazers. I, you know, I don't feel bad about having Scal out there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night. Um, he, I mean, he killed in game 82 last season. But then Anthony Simons, more of the same, making some beautiful threes. He had a great sidestep three. Uh, he had, you know, some some catch and shoot threes. Um, who Dame, CJ, and Hassan all didn't play, which makes sense. And one thing about the uh, Maccabi Haifa, they have uh, Norris Cole and... Shoot, what's his name? Now I'm losing it. Uh, oh, man. Right. Another former uh, Golden State Warrior who... Brandon Rush. Yes. Uh, so they have you. two oh, wow. NBA championships on their team, more than the Blazers have. <laughs> and, and, and yet, like, Terry Stotts was calling it, like, you know, that was, like... Terry, I would think that he would give a little more respect to him, but he's like, you know, it was kind of like a, a one-off game. We're just giving the, the young guys a chance to play. I'm like, shoot, you're, I feel like that's disrespect, but you know. It was uh, it was fun to watch. The Maccabi Haifa only scored four points in the fourth quarter. So before that, it was a little closer to the game, and then it just blew up at the end. And then, like, Nasir get hurt in that game? Was that when Nasir got hurt? Nasir did get hurt, yep. In, in the first quarter, pretty early on, I saw him go down. I, you know, I'm, I'm way up in the corner. I could barely see it. Uh, but I figured it was, like, his shin hit another guy's shin. That's what it looked like. But it was an ankle, ankle injury. I think he stepped on a guy's foot. Yeah, I think someone said they're not too concerned about it. I don't think he even needed an x-ray or anything, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw something, I think, from Mike Richmond about... Uh, uh, he, he wouldn't be playing Saturday when we playing the next game, but yeah, didn't even need an x-ray like you said, Ty. That's good. Yeah. yeah, so as far as Saturday, what we Christian, you and I were there for this game last night. Uh, no disrespect to you, of course, sir. I was trying to get Ty to come along, and Ty, you almost made it, but you had something was, come up. What? I was coaching a football game. What? I, look at this. Look at this guy. I mean, that first awesome. of all... First of all, you two are both making me look bad because you both got a blazer flag up behind you. You guys are decorating this place as we're supposed to do. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've got all these plans. I have a an office in the back of my house here that is currently more of a storage closet. It's slowly, it's like maybe half and half right now. It's half storage closet, mm. half half office. Uh, I'm gonna get that decorated up. It's gonna blow this away, man. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you. But and I, I got some, I got some hands up here. You got and some, some blazer little trees. Ooh, but I'm loving up. your. I'm loving your flags. You guys are both making me look bad with that. But Ty, you're over here like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I can't do your fun little Blazer fan fanboy podcast because I gotta go teach kids sports. That's I awesome. Teach man. them that. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I told them, you know that, or like with winning, or like that's the only thing that matters and go hurt people, <laughs> and we can't lose. And it's seventh and eighth leg. graders, you know, right? So you gotta berate the refs. That's awesome. These, these thirteen-year-old refs who come out for twenty-dollar paychecks. I had to, oh, yeah. I had to not <laughs> yell at them, but it was good. It was oh time. man, I was a I was a soccer ref in high school days, dude. That was like some of the most traumatic work I ever did. Dude, you do. probably got the <laughs> soccer moms coming at you full force. Oh man, like well, it wasn't even the honestly, like it was the the coaches themselves, dude. Like I mean, obviously the problem with being any ref, you're never gonna make everyone happy. You're always gonna have one side. One side might be okay with what you're doing, but not all of it. But the other side is gonna be pissed at you. And see, I, I don't. I don't uh, envy that job at all, but I'm still going to yell at the refs when they get it wrong. I think I made some 16-year-old ref, like, really not happy. So I think I might hurt his feelings a little bit. So I might have to apologize to him next time I see him. You with the mental warfare. You're, like, sending little kids over to, like, get... Oh, man. But that is why I could not go to the Blazers' son's preseason game that you two went to. See now, I feel like I gotta, I gotta make sure that you can come to more games just to make sure you're not being a bad influence for the future generations. No, as as far as this game though, uh, Christian, thank you for joining me, bro. Appreciated that. Of course, thank uh, you. Yeah, it was it was a really good time, and I love the way that it worked out too. Because when I was talking to you about it, you were saying that you had uh, other family that wanted to go, and you were short one ticket. So this allowed all of us to kind of uh, uh, accommodate family members, got all the fans there to see the game. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, we uh, before I get to our experience, we posted a prediction poll for Trailcasters listeners. We had 31% of listeners say it was going to be a tight win. 28% said it would be an easy win. 28% said Phoenix would steal it. Ends up being right. Uh, and 14% said Phoenix would be the tw- uh, 2020 NBA champ. So <laughs> I'm not sure where we're at on that one. Maybe we can get to that in the betting segment later. <laughs> but uh, Christian, how do you feel about this game, though? Any, anything that excited you? Anything that kind of any highlights you remember? Yeah, I, I showed up late because uh, parking is wild and I'm not good at um, planning ahead. So <laughs> anyway, showed up late. You told me about a couple of the highlights that I missed with Kent Bazemore and a white side block. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was I, you know, I had a great time hanging out. That was a blast. And I did not notice all of what was going down in that game. I saw a lot of the good stuff. I didn't see a lot of the bad stuff. But Phoenix was making a lot of threes. Uh, Tyler Johnson was making a lot of threes for sure. Uh, the the Blazers had some some pretty cool highlights. They had a couple from Hazonia. He had a you know backwards dunk, and he had yeah. a, uh, I don't remember what it was. It was an alley oop, like he was going up for it, and then I think he ditched the dunk, and but still was able to get it in. Um, and then you know just just some good CJ was killing. That's for sure. He was making a lot of threes. He made that one legged shot where uh, <laughs> Dame had shot. It got blocked right back to CJ, and then right at the buzzer of the shot clock. Uh, CJ was able to drain it. So, Somewhere it was James Harden is like not happy about that. <laughs> Get on <laughs> CJ's level, James. Come on. Let's let's talk about that for a second too, because uh, CJ actually, I had just listened to his podcast the other day where he was kind of trolling Harden a little bit, talking about right? these one-legged threes and talking about how Harden, his whole thing is trying to go essentially what they're what players are referring to as east-west, like kind of lateral movement, and Harden kind of using it as this like thing where you're, you're, he's not really giving himself an advantage is the way that CJ kind of made it sound. And CJ pointed out if you go north-south, use it almost more as like where you're approaching the hoop, where you're using it as kind of like with the same way they would do a mid-range floater in the lane mm-hmm. and cj is yep. very good at those as we all know exactly uh, you're, ex- from there. you're ex- essentially with this one-legged north south uh three-point shot it's just extending that mid-range floater out to the three-point line cj talked about that on his pod the other day and that's literally what happened like he, yeah. he i think it was off a uh, like dame tried to put like a fade up and it got swatted out cj is just standing there picks up the ball probably didn't really have to go one footer but just kind of lifts up and goes for it man and i yeah, love it pretty I, easy. I, that's why our, yeah, our stats with the preseason's for. You get to try all those crazy things out. Well, I yeah. just like, I love that unlike Harden in the preseason, she just went in, so I'm down with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, it was cool, man. And again, like we said earlier um, about game one, I loved Whiteside, what we're seeing from him in brief action, but we I, there was a big two, a big big block from Whiteside where he was like far out in the paint and swatted this thing off the backboard from distance, uh, and it just like you know rebounds on the floor, I think, for a breakaway, if I remember. That might be wishful thing. I don't remember clearly. Uh, but on the other end, he, I think, got a handoff at one point where his feet are outside the paint on the like, you know, laterally on the side, uh, and he just 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 hops in for a big two-hand slam. The dude is athletic and explosive, yeah. and it's going to be a different element than I think we've seen before, and it's going to be fun mm-hmm. for fans. Totally. Uh, so, leading from that, though, Ty, you mentioned earlier that you've heard some stuff about uh, some skeptics popping up already. We've been pretty high on Whiteside, I feel yeah. like, but you're saying some people are maybe not so much. I'm just seeing on Twitter some people are already kind of like they're upset with him. Like he is like trying too hard or like he's kind of forcing things. I think he got like two cheap fouls and then like I saw someone saying he was running up and down the court and he was arguing like with like the officials and then like he got like another cheap foul because of it. So just little stuff like that, but it's early. I think he's trying to figure out his new team. He's trying to figure out where his like where it's at. And then like Stotts, Dame and CJ, I don't think they seem that worried about it. And also like during the year, like 
I feel like they'll sit him down and talk to him and like and then stuff like that. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think it's just it, it's a long process. Yeah, Christian, where are you at on White Side? Like, where, where are you feeling? I feel like Ty and I we're both we're both pretty high on him so far. Are you are you with the skeptics or are you here with us? I'm pretty high on Whiteside. So okay. I saw a tweet. Uh, it might be the same one you're talking about, Ty, but it was this guy at kidwb52 who I follow, uh, and Shout he out. he put out a picture of the you know the the meme of the two Spider Mans pointing at each other like, hey, like you're me, I'm you. Uh, and he <laughs> says Blazers fans thinking Whiteside is going to be good versus Heat fans thinking Myers is going to be good. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's so true. Because, because I mean, just imagine being a Miami Heat fan. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy again. And then they're like, all right, finally, they're dialing back his minutes. Like, I can imagine that. But but really, like, he is more talented than Myers. It's just Myers got the shot. So it's like different things. It's but different I really skill think sets. That, but Myers is looking good down there too, man. I, I think yeah. he's put on some performance down there so far. Sorry, go ahead. And, and that's the thing. What I, what I tweeted back is um, I'm a believer. I, you know, I'm, I'm a hopeful believer. Uh, but but I just feel like Hassan needed more motivation where he's just kind of, you know, he's in Miami. He's just chilling. Like, of course, he's going to probably sag off a bit. But when he has, like, Dame's leadership and a little more motivation because he's actually playing for a reason to win mm-hmm. a championship, uh, I can I, I can hope that he'll do better. And I also hope that Myers would do better where there's less pressure in Miami, hopefully. I mean, they have Jimmy Butler, so they're trying to get to the playoffs at least. But there's probably a little less pressure there. Um, so I think that he'll have more time and opportunity to really embrace his role compared to what he had in Portland, where it was constantly like, oh, you failed on that defensive effort. You looked completely confused mm-hmm. uh, in that offensive play. Uh, all right, you're out. You know. Whereas I think in Miami, I think he'll have a little more grace, and that'll help him to develop. Um, and I think Whiteside, he just needs a little more push, a little more motivation from Dame. So um, I'm hopeful that both of them can embrace their new roles. But yeah, I mean, Hassan Whiteside... Definitely the ceiling is higher than Myers for, uh, in my eyes, um, whereas blocks and, and rebounding can be amazing. And him alongside Zach Collins getting blocks should be amazing. So I'm, I'm stoked about it. So what you're saying is the ceiling is not the roof. All right, sorry. The ceiling is not the roof. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> what's the sky? I mean, space? I don't know. I'm always going to love that quote. I want to get that in there as much as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like I, I don't think that. I, I, I feel like the skeptics are maybe getting in there a little bit early. Uh, I, I don't think that what we're seeing from Whiteside in preseason is going to be what we're seeing from him when he's at full strength. He's recovering from an injury, right? Was it ankle yeah. or, or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. 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 He's slowly coming back. He's figuring out his new team. He's figuring out where he belongs. He's going to realize he's not the go-to guy. And it would be fine, but he'll figure it out. And he's going to fit yeah. right in. So uh, let's talk about this, though. One other thing we've mentioned with Whiteside before, Ty, you and I and Christian, uh, just to catch you up on this. Uh, we've discussed the likelihood of whether or not he's going to be a full season Blazer, or whether uh, when his when the best value, when the Blazers are really going to look at m- maybe moving him for uh, for future value. Uh, he does have that expiring contract, so it's one of those things that will have trade value, even if it's late in the season uh, and teams are just looking to clear cap space. It doesn't have to be teams that are only looking for him as a player. The other side, though, that Ty and I have been discussing, when Nurt comes back, he's not going to be 100 percent, right? Even at some point later in the season, if the Blazers are looking to make a deep run, I don't see them necessarily wanting to put a lot of pressure on Nurkic when he might not be 100% ready. So I feel like if we are looking good, if, if, the, if the season has gone downhill, then yes, they probably trade Whiteside before the trade deadline for the value of the expiring contract just to help us kind of move forward with the roster. But if the Blazers are on a run like we are all hoping for and kind of maybe expecting from the previous seasons and what we've seen, 
I don't feel like Whiteside uh, being here to bolster Nurkic would be in any way a bad thing. Do you agree or disagree? Do you think Nurkic, or sorry, Whiteside, do you think Whiteside is destined to be gone before the end of the season? Or, or And, you know, when I say before the end of the season, obviously, if we're looking to trade him, it'll be before he's a free agent. But, uh, but do you see him leaving before the trade deadline, I guess is a better question. Are you asking Ty? Oh, am I, oh Ty and I have discussed this before, and we've oh, actually got gotcha, uh, gotcha. our betting line is at March. I'm, I'm saying, uh, oh, wait, was that right? No, never mind. So, the, the betting line at March was maybe a different bet. Sorry, we got covered. Nurkic is going to turn day. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so I, I was looking at it. The trade deadline is before the All-Star break this year. It's, it's the third year in a row that that's the case, I found. Uh, so February 7th, I think, is what I saw, which is pretty early. That is kind and, of wow. Yeah. In in my eyes, like even if Nurk isn't back or isn't back at 100% quite yet, I still think you should trade Whiteside. Mm. Um, really? Hopefully Whiteside is perfect. Hopefully he's, you know, playing good starter minutes, keeping the Blazers in the playoff hunt um, throughout the early part of the season. But really I just look at it and that's just dead money that's going to be gone next season um, if you don't trade him. If you trade him for someone who has a longer contract and someone that another team is trying to get off their books, they're trying to clear some cap space, um, then I think that's the best way to use his salary. Because, you know, last year Olshay was talking about, you know, there were a lot of bigger deals in the works at the trade deadline last year that fell through because the Blazers' contracts still had another year on them. They weren't expiring contracts. We saw some bigger guys like Harrison Barnes move around. I'm trying to think of others, but it's, it's tough off the top of my head. But those were all expiring contracts that mm-hmm. led to those deals. Uh, the Blazers traded expiring contracts for more expiring contracts in Baysmore and Whiteside. They just consolidated a little bit. So to me, I see that as the goal is still to make a bigger deal. And that's, that's what I think it should be. Go after Blake Griffin, maybe Kevin Love, maybe, um, you know, hopefully Aaron Gordon. That would be great. Or, uh, you know, maybe Gallinari. But Gallinari, I, f- I found his contract ends this season too. So, yeah, I mean, to me, in order to get the most value, especially since in the playoffs you're going to have Hassan Whiteside and Nurkic, that's not the worst thing in the world. I'll take a three-headed defensive big men monster. Uh, but if one of them's going to be gone next season for nothing... And the cap space isn't going to go down all that much. The Blazers are currently slated to have, I think, like 95 locked up. Out of this year, it's 109 million. Uh, next year, maybe it's less after this stuff with China. Who knows? Um, so the Blazers aren't really going to have <laughs> much cap space anyway. So you may as well lock it up in someone that you can have for a couple more years that'll keep the Blazers contending in Damon CJ's prime. Well, I'm, I'm, I like that. I think that all basically contends on how Pau Gasol looks, how Scal looks, wow. and how Zach Collins looks. Because, yeah, or, or so let's say like those three guys are playing good. I think they can move Whiteside because then let's say Nurkic is like, I don't know, like 75, like maybe even 90%. They are feel okay with their backups. But let's say they don't feel like okay with their backups. I think they might hold on to Whiteside. But yeah. I mean... I mean, like, with Neil Olshay, though, like, that's a great point. Like, he's always trying to find the bigger deal. So, like, I mean, like, or, like, he has no ties to Whiteside. He can ship him, yeah, like, pretty easily, maybe. So, yeah, he's I not definitely think that... he'll throw him on the trading block and see what he got or what he's, he's going to get for him. Yeah, Olshay didn't draft Whiteside, so he's not trying to lock him up forever like we've seen before. And that's uh, true, because, like, yeah, because let's say, or let's say like they get to free agency and like some team like or I mean let's say some team on the beach comes calling for Whiteside like I mean they might he might go there <laughs> like the Lakers <laughs> or Clippers or like or let's say like I think like the Magic too or just I mean just anybody like he can go bounce for bigger money 
So we're yeah. saying there's no chance. You get neither of you is going to put down any sort of bets on uh, on Whiteside going the Rodney Hood direction and just falling in love with the Northwest and taking a taking a cheap new contract to stay up here and be a backup behind Nurk. You don't think it's going to happen? I don't Sorry. think cheap. I mean, <laughs> when I when I see what happened with Ennis Cantor, I think it's possible because I I really thought Ennis Cantor was going to play himself out of a contract and he didn't. Um, the Blazers still could have retained him if they wanted to. So. It could be possible with Hassan, but the way I look at it, if he's good enough to um, to stay on the roster in the postseason, if he's doing that well, then he's probably going to play himself out of his contract. We won't be able to have him next year. Um, so the ideal situation would be to trade him. And if, if he's playing that well, then trade him to someone that could re-sign him, hopefully for less than their current player. Um, but I don't know. It, it's tough. I, I hope... I mean... I, He's happy to be in Portland, but I don't know how long it's going to last. You know what I love uh, is that you guys are such pros that I ask a sarcastic, somewhat sarcastic question about could we could we keep him as a backup like Rodney Hood, and we get some real analysis from you guys. So <laughs> so that's awesome. Shout out to both of you. Thank you. That, maybe that's maybe that's that flag thing in the background. You guys are so deep on the Blazer uh, fan that, that it's it's just it's uh, permeating out of that flag, and and all <laughs> questions locking. are taken seriously regarding Blazers. I love it. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. So so that's fair. Maybe I guess. From what you're saying, Christian, I guess uh, I don't know about you, Ty. Maybe I'm a little back on the fence more about about what he definitely he is backed me up season. on the fence a little bit more with his uh, <laughs> with his little there because he made perfect sense. And I didn't really think about Neil O'Shea being aggressive like he always is around the trade deadline. I was just, I, I mean, like I just kind of thought about Nurkic's injury more than anything else. But yeah, I think he's going to try and be aggressive and then go get like a long term big because then that way they right. have another big and but now he's under contract for longer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like what you said made sense too. A lot of it will depend on how the other uh, support bigs uh, play for us this season if we can really like uh, stand to lose white side. But yeah, if we can get someone in return, like you mentioned, Christian, a Blake Griffin or something like that, if that's the player. Uh, I'm a bit more of a fan of that move than Kevin Love, but still, those contracts get so daunting if we are looking at money. Let's not worry about that too much till it actually happens. We'll crunch those numbers another time. I do have some numbers from you, Ty, uh, so maybe I'll hand this over to you, actually. You uh, tweeted out some Blazers odds as far as the future betting odds, uh, such as winning the championship in the West Finals and all that. We talked about this on episode one, but do you want to update the listeners on what the new odds are, and then maybe we can uh, see if there's any bets we would take? Yeah, I think we did Vegas Insider on the first episode. I'm not exactly sure, but I got them from. This is where I got the odds this time. So for them to win the championship, it's forty to one odds, and for them to win the West Finals, it's twenty to one, and for them to win the Northwest Division, it is two dash eleven. So it was or so or so that's eleven to two, which is interesting. So that's or that's I think that's eleven dollars for every two dollars you spend. Yeah, okay, you so that, that's, that is kind of an interesting thing. I, now, none of us are betting experts, but we kind of broke this down before as far as the 40-to-1 odds would essentially mean uh, what we used before was the $100 as kind of the, that mm -hmm. standard unit, right? If you make a $100 bet and win, uh, you are getting, what would that be, 4000 4, back 000. on it? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so similar, so if the Blazers won the championship, if you put 100 down on the Blazers winning the chip and they won, you get four grand back. Losing yeah. 100, and the, the idea here being like, okay, so you lose 100, that's not the, the worst thing. Are the stakes worth kind of the, the uptake on the other end? Uh, obviously not very likely to get all the way to the championship, no matter how much we hope. Uh, winning the West Finals, 21, so $2,000 on your $100 bet. The 11 to 2 thing, so what does that mean exactly? If you bet 100 bucks, how does the 11 to 2 break down? Do that's we know this? $2 for every, I think you win $11 for every $2 you spend. I believe that's like how. Five fifty. Yeah, I think, it's, yeah. Okay, so so like a, 
if it was eleven to one, you'd be getting, uh, yeah, you'd be getting just over a grand, eleven hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a one hundred dollar investment. But you're saying so in this case, if you invested one hundred dollars, you're getting five fifty back, half that. Amount. That makes mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's like the essentially you, they just I don't know why they listed that way, but you would need like a I'm thinking of a fraction like eleven over two, and so yeah, whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Numbers. I think those are pretty good odds. I mean, obviously the Nuggets are going to be tough, but I think the Blazers, like I said before, like I think they have the two best players with or with Damon CJ. And like when Nurkic comes back healthy, I think they have three of the top five, six players in that division. Yeah, I, I feel like we've got. If I'm being biased, well, do you have the odds for the for Denver as far as winning the Northwest uh, Division? Not I'd up be, at the quick mile. I can pull them up real quick. If you see if you can find that. I would be curious just as far as the comparison. I'm sure they're favored a little more than the Blazers are just because of the way the media has kind of really gone around Jokic. And at least as far as when the season starts up, these odds are probably going to jump around a little bit. So I'm just kind of, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, Christian, to, me, to me, I'm, uh, I might have better thoughts on winning the West Finals over the Northwest Division because not having Nurk and having this new lineup, and we've, we've seen in previous seasons That's where the Blazers usually start relatively hot at the start of the season. And we've also noticed that their rosters relatively unchanged compared to other teams. And I think that's a big thing is chemistry is something you can't get overnight. And I think the Blazers are going to struggle more toward the start of the season as they have eight of their 15 players are new, you know? So um, I think that the start of the season is going to be tough. And without having Nurk in, I think the Nuggets are going to be thriving because they've, they have basically the same Mm -hmm. roster as last year, plus a couple Mm -hmm. Um, and the jazz, same thing. So, I think winning the Northwest Division is going to be really tough, but if we have Nurk back at 100%, then I think the Blazers are as good as any team. And and last year, I, I felt good about the team beating the Warriors in the playoffs, potentially, with Nurkic back. Me, yeah, um, me too. Well, w- with Nurkic at the time. When we lost him, I was like, oh, shoot. You know, if, if the Blazers win this, that's amazing. But, uh, so, I mean, going into this season, it's going to be really tough to guard, you know, the Clippers, guard the Lakers uh, in the playoffs. But, you know, if Nurkic is back at 100%, I might take him over... Um, take them winning the Western Conference Finals over winning the Northwest Division. I like that. that that's very interesting. Yeah, because and, and that makes that might make sense too. Because winning the division is something that will be a regular season, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's like yeah. so if if we are missing Nurk for a lot of the season, if we have certain points where we struggle, uh, and Denver does have kind of that home court advantage uh, that we've seen before from them historically. That might be a harder one to win as far as the regular season uh, performance versus winning the West Finals. If we get ourselves to the playoffs and then, like you're saying, have that healthy Nurk, that could be a totally different case. And so then, again, when you talk about the betting odds, a 550 return on a $100 bet for winning the uh, Northwest Division versus a $2,000 return on that same bet uh, if they win the finals, that kind of makes, yeah, you start to think a little bit about where value really lies there. Uh, Ty, do you have those? I see you looking at the phone. Do you have those numbers as far yes. as what Denver's odds were? So the Nuggets are 16 to 1 odds to win the championship and they are um la, 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 and they are 10 to 1 uh are so to win the West. And the Jazz are 9 to 1 to win the West and 14 to 1 to win the championship. What about a uh, Northwest Division for either of those cuz those are both division Doop. rivals for us too. Yep, the Nug or so the Jazz are at the top 6 to 5 and that's the same as the Nuggets 6 to 5. And Jeez. the Timberwolves are thirty to one, and the Thunder are one hundred to one. So again, six to five. When we talk about that, that is for for winning the division, for either the the Wolves or the the Jazz. That's not a lot of return. So what you can basically I mean Jazz or Nuggets. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. apologize. Not Minnesota. Uh, jazz and Nuggets. Thank you for that. That's a bit of a correction. Uh, but 
six to five, again, without going into all the number breakdown, that is a small enough return that they're giving you. That they're saying it's so likely to happen. That, that's, that surprises me, man. And again, part of this, it's not just the odds for it to happen. Part of this is influenced by how many bets are being placed uh, on each odd. Uh, that's going to kind of skew these around a little bit. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's interesting because I feel like that makes uh, that makes the Blazers bet look better in that sense because I don't think it's nearly as likely for Denver or Utah to win it as they're saying it is. Never mind, that's getting complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun you can get fact, lost in the world of betting quick. What's up? Talking about the uh, the Blazers potentially winning the Western Conference Finals, but not necessarily the Northwest Division. Uh, when the Blazers won the championship in 1977, they were the third seed. They were second what? in their division, which was the Pacific Division be- behind the Los Angeles Lakers. But the two seed was the Denver Nuggets. So... We could get a, a good old repeat of that in the 50th repeat anniversary the season with the 77 throwback uniforms. We'll see. Yeah, it all makes sense. Kind of similar to what happened last year as well, right, as far as where Denver was ahead of us in the season overall, but we went further past them in, in the West uh, West Finals. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Okay, so that's so good. Uh, hopefully that, that gives the listeners a little more insight as far as some betting odds for that. I don't think we received any betting odds from the listeners this week, so we're going to skip that one. But please, uh, send us in your over-unders, your bets, if you have anything you want us to discuss like this, anything to break down. You can write us at Trailcasters on Twitter, IG, and Facebook, or email us at Trailcasters at gmail.com. Uh, as far as previous bets that we had, anything you want to go over? Here, Christian, this is kind of a fun one that Ty and I started with. Uh, the height thing that NBA is enforcing this year. There were 43 seven-footers uh, in the NBA last year, and we set a line at how many of them are going to end up not being seven-foot. Of the 43, I think we set the line at 15 of them. Ty is saying there'll be 15 or more that will not be seven-foot this year, and I'm saying there'll be 14 or less. What gotcha. do you think? How, how many are going to lose that seven-foot designation? Shoot, let's see. Or it's not even how I, many, I, I guess. Are you going over or under more than 15? 15. You think over? Okay, look at that. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at it, there's so many that I see 7 foot, and then, like, within a year, I see on some other source that it's 6'11". And I'm like, oh, I thought they were 7 footer. So I think there's already um, a, a lot, lot of, of liars lot of out continuity there. in there. Um, <laughs> and and I, I saw the crazy stat. I don't know what it was. It was, like, there's something like 80... Or a hundred, I don't know what it was. There's a very small number of seven feet tall individuals in the United States of America. Yeah, it said if you know one, there's a, I don't know, like, I don't know, like forty percent chance they're in the NBA. I gotta look this up to get some yeah, facts, but, but it, just blew my mind. And I'm like, well, I wonder how many of those are just liars who say they're seven foot in order to be looked at differently on a yeah. scouting report. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I know Dame is not as tall as he says. I've stood next to the dude, and I'm at 5'10". He simply is not a half foot taller than me. There's, that's not the facts. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this. I, I do like that you chose over. So you and Ty both took the over on 15, 15 people losing that 7-foot designation, and Chris Burkhardt and I are both under. So I think we should yeah. keep asking that one as we go, yep. although it's going to get a little easier for listen, or for uh, guests to kind of put in their vote. As I haven't done any research yet. Have you, Keith? I haven't like looked I, up to see if anybody's lost. I haven't done any research on it. I have heard uh, that a couple people have. I think there's been at least, I can't remember names right now, but there's been at least well, one Well, John or two. Collins went from 6'10 to 6'8. Oh, so that wasn't a seven-footer, though. No, that's but he lost too. two inches, mm. so that's kind of <laughs> what I'm hoping that around's going to happen. Interesting. I heard, I heard someone, maybe I saw it on an article, or, or I was thinking I heard it from you, Keith, but I might be mixing it up. I heard about like a someone who said they were seven-foot lost like five inches or four inches Whoa. or something crazy. Jeez, dude. No, I haven't seen <laughs> that insane. yet. I yeah, that I, I can't remember who it was. We got to figure that out, though. That's uh, we definitely want to. Uh, we'll do our research for the next round of that. Okay, next uh, uh next bet though to, to clue you in on Christian, get your opinion. 
We have the over-under for the Blazers' regular season win total at 50. Over-under, what do you think? Over-under at 50. Um, shoot. What was the records for the eight seed last year? Because that'll kind of throw things off. Let's see. The NBA's changed a lot. It's a two-star league. I think Blazers are making the playoffs. Um, I'm thinking they're probably the 48-49, just with all the roster turnover and having to adjust and having Hassan Whiteside learning the offense and then Nurk coming back in that transition. I'm thinking probably like 49. You think 40, so you're going under? He's going, yeah, going under. under. He's going all right. under. He's got, okay, so that's that's me, Burkhardt, and Christian all end up on the under so far. And I'm Ty is the only one taking the over. So, Ty, what that really means is whatever payoff we work out for these things, and Christian, <laughs> you didn't know you were getting roped into a payoff, but now you do. Uh, whatever payoff there is, Ty, you're looking pretty good for that one I'm so far. Final over under, and then we'll move on to listener questions here. <laughs> I heard that, cha-ching. Uh, over under mm-hmm. on Nurk's return date. We have it set at March 1st. Where do you stand? I'm going to go before March 1st. Before? And that didn't yep. even take much time for you. No, I mean... I- Back when he was injured, I was going off of timetables of, okay, like, how long did it take Paul George to come back, all that. And basically what I was looking up at the time was saying, you know, the soonest he'd be back is, like, just before Thanksgiving, which I don't think he's going to be anywhere near there. Um, But, you know, Damien said he's been working out with him. He looks good. I understand he's probably, they're probably trying to be cautious and make sure he's feeling, you know, totally 100% and not concerned at all you know obviously there's the mental aspects in there too um but i think he'll be back probably in february that's my guess all right man well hey then we're all loaded up on the other side of tie on that one too so if nurk takes a while he comes back post i'm hoping he comes back before march 1st i just think they're going to be so cautious with him and he's just he's so big and they have him under contract for three more years he's like i just think they're going to be patient with him but i mean like i hope he's ready to go before march 1st that'd be awesome that'd be awesome I think you're right, man. I think it's totally possible they're patient with him. Uh, but you can say you're hoping for it now. Once we figure out what these payoffs are, I figure you might be hoping for him to be patient even that much more. Okay, again, <laughs> listeners, let us know what you think on the over-unders, some bets for us, obviously any other questions. We will get to this week's listener questions as soon as we get back. Shout out to Clearly Speaking uh, and Envy Adventures. You can find them at envidventures.com or clearlyspeakingorgan.com. Go check it out. Welcome back. Uh, we'll get to the listener questions in just a second, but first I uh, want to remind all the listeners, uh, upcoming changes here at Trailcasters, we have obviously changed uh, co-hosts, we are changing backgrounds, and I don't know if this episode is going to be video or not yet, we will see if I can get that done this weekend, uh, but yes, eventually, if not today, we will be having our episodes all air on YouTube, courtesy of Blazers Uprise. They are putting together a network of Blazer pods to cover the whole week. So you get all sorts of coverage on YouTube if you don't have time to listen to it in the car, like I do for most of my podcasts. But the network is going to include ourselves here at Trailcasters, Ty and I. It's going to include Christian and his partner Austin on Peeps and Plaid. We got Dustin, uh, sorry, Dylan Sage and uh, Dustin Haas on Holy Backboard, as well as uh, Tori at Blazers Uprise. Does Tori have some partners as well that I haven't met? Yes, he, he's usually on there with at least one other person. 
Well, shout I out to them. I, I apologize for not knowing old names, but we are all new friends, and we're going to get this going. Uh, check out the network as it gets put together. Go and find some of their videos now, though. I know Peeps and Plaid, you guys have done some of the YouTube videos, right? How's that going yep. for you? We've got two done now. It's it's pretty good. I'm, I'm learning more and more about editing. Uh, you know, I'm. this is not anything I've had a job involved with at all, so I've, I'm just learning as I go, and it's been a blast, so it's been really fun. Nice, man. Yeah, it's a... It's been a process for me, too. I get to, like, learn here at home on the home version, and I'm learning the professional version at work on a new job. So it's fun, been fun. A lot of blazes, a lot of editing. Okay. Uh, we are also going to be coming up with some prizes. Uh, besides just the card giveaways from TD Sports Cards and Ty Delbridge over here, we've got more merch coming. We're gonna, I'm talking with some T-shirt guys. We're going to bring back some stickers and postcards like we've done before. And I'm working on some live shows, possibly, where we will get out to maybe a local tap room or, or pub or something of the variety, get some listeners out there that want to participate themselves, maybe get some cool uh, beer tastings or something else. Uh, shout out to uh, Modern Times and Eddie's Tap House and the other guys we talked about with there. And uh, more on that coming soon. As for now, though, listener questions. Ty, do you want to lead us in on this? You got uh, you got the questions over there in front of you? Let me find up here. Yeah, listener questions. First up, or I'll say first, what the card we're giving away here oh, yes. is our <coughs> is a first card of our main man, E.T. So e. Mr. Evan Turner. So when he first became a Blazer, this was his card when we signed him to that big fat deal. But nice little E.T. card. Yeah, there's our man. Doing his I miss him already, shoot. man. Shout out to ET. So Atlanta. this say, well. says a lot of stuff on the back, but it says that his defense and playmaking skills will make him a fan favorite in Rip City, which it kind of did, I would say, in a way. I, I'd say more so is you know Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, his social, social media, media skills. I still follow him. <laughs> still follow him and follow crack him. up. So yeah, um, let me go back here and get back my phone. So our first question from Lawman Wyatt Slurp. He won a card, I believe. Uh, yeah, shout out to Lawman. Or so his Twitter is at the beardiest. What do you think is the best front court rotation for the Blazers? There we go. Okay, uh, Christian, let's have you go first. Front what do you think best uh, front court rotation? Well, obviously later in the season it involves Nurk, um, and it would be awesome to start Nurk with Zach Collins and then bring in Hassan Whiteside off the bench and just kind of keep. You know, if you could keep two of them in at all times, that's great for defense. Um, but as far as, like, start of the season, I think, obviously, starting Hassan and Zach Collins coming off the bench, I liked when Stotts would do a whole new second unit and maybe just keep in, like, CJ for some extra time. Uh, so if he brings in a whole new unit, probably Tolliver with... I mean, I'm sure he's going to be putting in Scal in that second unit. Um, so... Tolliver and Scal, maybe Hazonia at the power forward with keep Zach Collins in that second unit. So, I mean, definitely Zach Collins and Whiteside is going to be great for defense. Um, you want to get in some some shooting, so having at least one decent shooter in at all times uh, at the big man, whether it's Tolliver, whether it's Zach Collins, hopefully continuing to do well. Um, I don't know what we're going to get out of Pau Gasol because I, you know, I watched a lot of Pau Gasol when he was on the Lakers, but I honestly haven't seen him much when he was on the Bulls, the Bucks, the Spurs. Um, so I don't know what all we're going to get out of him this season. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious about Pau too, man. I, I, I'm curious who is going to have kind of the last spot in the big man rotation. I, I think I've heard some things from other reporters too that Stotts has kind of been a little stubborn in the past as far as having players play with different guys he tends to kind of pair dudes up mm, we've seen yeah. Zach Collins he played a lot with Ed Davis and you didn't yes, see him play a lot uh with someone else I think that has kind of been part of the issue with uh with Myers kind of on the fringe of the rotation in the past where Stas tends to not 
think of you as one guy. You're part of a unit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, since we're going to start the season with Whiteside and Collins playing together, I'm curious when Nurk does come back healthy, how much of it ends up being Nurk and Collins versus how much of it where like if Whiteside's going to the bench, is Collins now maybe going to come off the bench as well? Probably not very likely. I don't see them putting Scal or or Powell as a starting power forward. So, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments are made down the road. How about this to kind of maybe zero in Laman's question a little bit? Uh, instead of going over all the front court rotation kind of dynamics, we like because there's a lot of variations, obviously, and it's hard to say. I think we're going to see different rotations at different times of the season. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what works together best. But who do you think? among the fringe bigs that we have, who is getting the least minutes over the season? Like, whether that's Scal or Powell or Tolliver. Probably one of those three. Would you agree? Scal. Ty, Ty goes I'm just jumping Scal. right in. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you and Chris were hating on Scal last week. But we I don't know if you saw... We were hating on him. We weren't, weren't hating, hating on him. We were bringing up <laughs> just his minutes over the last couple of years, and we took the under on basically everything you gave us for Scal. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Christian? I mean, to me, whether it's injuries or age or what, I think Pau Gasol is probably going to play a lot less than a lot of people are expecting. Here we um, go. Just, just in my opinion, uh, I think Scal could def. I think it's either Scal or or Pau Gasol. Um, oh. I think Tolliver, his shooting is, um, you know, it's good enough. It hasn't shown up in preseason, but you know, a lot of things don't show up in preseason. Um, but I, I think that Tolliver will definitely play more than. Pal and Scal by the end, unless Scal can just dominate. You know, I think it's very possible Scal could get himself into the rotation, but I mean, we saw it with Myers Leonard, where Myers Leonard would have some really big games in really key times and still not get into the rotation for extended periods. So, um, and another thing I was thinking about when you when you brought up the um, Stotts pairing up players, I think that's I like how he does that for the most part. I mean, Zach Collins and Ed Davis were awesome a couple years back. Um, I could see. If Nurk comes back and the Blazers do not trade Whiteside, I could see like Hazonia and Whiteside because because there's a lot of talk about Hazonia playing a lot of power forward, which you know they're they're playing them all over the place one through four. Um, but Hazonia and Whiteside maybe off the bench and Collins and Nurk in the starting lineup, where um, off the bench it's more you know you got maybe Baysmore, Hood and CJ all playing with mm. that bench unit with yeah. Hazonia and and it's just ball movement like crazy and throwing up lobs for Whiteside. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of different options with the front court this season for sure, but I'd say Pau Gasol probably getting the least minutes when all is said and done. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm not going to stand for Ty and Chris Burkhart's uh, hate on Skull. Uh, <laughs> I think LeVisier is going to – I think there's total possibility that he's going to show out a little bit where – he earns some minutes. He's a young dude that I think they want to see develop. So I think that alone maybe gives him an edge over Powell in the long run over the season. But we'll certainly see. I, and I think, like you said, too, Tolliver wasn't brought in here to be a vet like Gasol was necessarily. He was brought in here to contribute with that three-point shot. And he's yep. a veteran player, but he's got more to offer than just just advice, like my, maybe what we see more of uh, from Gasol. Uh, yep. Anyway, question number two. I think, Ty, it looks like your phone maybe took a dive it, there. My phone is dying, and my charger doesn't want to charge. So we no have technical difficulties over here on my That's side. That's what a co-host is here for, my man. I got you back. No worries. Uh, Blazin yeah. Buck brings us question number two, at Buck Blazin. Shout out to him. I think he was uh, he's written into us before as well. He says, they say, I don't know, really know if it's a he. Whatever, whatever you identify my, as my friend, uh, they say, everyone's excited for Anthony Simons this season. 
He's due for more minutes and probably some breakout games. Over-under number... Oh, look at this. He did give us an over-under, and I wasn't paying attention. I put it in here with listener questions. My bad, bro. Oh, uh, so here we go. Over-under of games where Ant drops at least 20 points. Buck, uh, Blazing Buck is sending that line at 8.5. So he is points. saying 8.5 games for Ant where he drops 20 or more. What do you think, Ty? I see you look like you're ready for it. Ooh, I'm pretty high on Simons, but I'm going to take the under on that. I just under okay. I don't know if there will be tons of opportunity for him to do that, but just to get like shot attempts up, like in meaningful games, like he's going to be playing crucial time, like with Dame, CJ, Nurkic when he comes back, guys like that. I mean, I I think he's going to get it like maybe three or four times. Okay, okay. That, well, that certainly is under the eight and a half. Uh, what do you think, Christian? Where are you at? I'm thinking under. Um, I think about like. Seth Curry, what he did last year. He had some really big games, and a lot of those big games were like 14, 15, 16 points. I think he maybe had like four or five 20-point games. I'm trying to look through. It's kind of looking like he had like five. Um, And so for Simons, I think it's possible he could contribute a little more than Mm -hmm. Seth Curry, but even that contribution probably will be in more aspects than scoring, whereas Seth was a little more one-dimensional. Uh, so I think it's I think it's definitely the under for me. I think you're making a good point there too. It's hard to think that uh, as much as I love what Little Penny is doing so far. First, <laughs> are, you, are you guys in or out on calling him Little Penny? Are we going with Ant or Little Penny or both? I'm out on Little Penny for sure. What? I, just, I like it. <laughs> I think the name Anthony is so wild, so I just call him Anthony. I think it's awesome. But Anthony but Hardaway was. I know. Uh, I know. Penny. I, know. I mean, and then there's you know they got all the. I'm with it. I'm, I'm good with it. I, because I some people might in, think he's like trying it. to be called that little doll. They already had a little Penny. Oh, okay. So maybe not little Penny, but he's Penny. He's Penny Simons, the same way we have Penny Hardaway. I can I go know. with Penny Simons more than Little Penny. Okay, okay. Maybe that was my bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, as far as the over-under, eight and a half, I hear what you're saying, Christian. To think that Anthony is going to essentially double what we saw from Curry last year as far as scoring production, uh, high scoring production games, that I'm not even sure. I don't think it's likely, and I don't know if it's what we're looking for. I think we want more to see Ant being a point guard, more kind of distributing to his teammates and running that unit that we talked about of Bazemore, uh, Hazonia, maybe Scal as well coming off the bench mm-hmm. there. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to take the under, but I wouldn't be disappointed if we saw nine games of Ant dropping 20 or more. I'm good with it. That's for sure. All right, question number three from Blazers in five at Justin B. Leak. Do you think the second unit offense still looks a little sloppy so far without a true point guard to set people up? If so, do you think it's just preseason, or do you think Stoss maybe goes back to always staggering CJ and Dame? Christian, I'll start with you on this. What do you think? Uh, how do you think it's looked so far without a true point point guard in the second unit and do you think this might mean we see more staggering of our two star guards yeah this goes really well with what you were just saying about um anthony simons where he's you know hopefully going to play more of a point guard role uh i think that with hazonia the amount of playmaking they're getting in it it might just be because preseason they're like all right let's push it and see how much we can get out of him uh but i think that he will be playing more point guard and, and uh anthony might be off the ball a bit more so as far as it looking sloppy um, this is something else that I was thinking about with Whiteside. Like, I think going into the first few games of the season, it might still look a little bit like it is preseason, um, where people aren't gelling. There's not the chemistry just yet. Um, so I think it will continue to look a bit sloppy without a true point guard to set people up. Uh, but I think it'll develop pretty well as the season goes. Obviously, like a game or two where it won't go so well. But um, I think it's going to... Let's see, what's, what does he say there? Do I think he'll go back to staggering CJ and Dame? Um, I think... Probably about half the games will be a really 
definitive stagger of CJ and Dame and half the games, like whenever it's not against a contender, I think that they'll probably go with just a straight up second unit with Simons, Bazemore, and mm. Hazonia. That's interesting. That that's some uh, that's a lot of flexibility that you're counting on Stotts to have. I feel like we haven't seen as much of that from him in the past, but I'm down for it, man. I like the idea of him uh, kind of varying up and maybe kind of getting them getting that second unit some run uh, and some season development in season development when we can. But yeah, I, I feel like overall we see mostly Damon CJ playing together has worked really well. So I'm not sure how much we want to change that up. What any, yeah. any disagreement, Ty? What do you think? Um, no, I'm. I basically agree. Like, I think they're going to start the season, like, not having – or or so I think they'll start the season by not staggering them. I think they'll, like, just go with Anthony Simons, see what he can do. And then, yeah, like – and then, like Christian was saying, like, in the big important games, that's when Dame and CJ will kind of – they'll kind of play off each other. Like, maybe one stays on while the other goes to the bench. I think games that matter, that's when we'll see, the like, them stay on the floor more. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, they always have a, had a bit of a stagger rotation, but yeah, they, they play well together, and I think you're going to need that if you want to stay competitive in the West, like we've talked about. And there's so, so much load management talk the last this year <laughs> that I feel that there has never been that much with these guys before. I mean, can, so I think we, they're actually going to try that. I got to I got to put on a sidebar here real quick from the questions because I just just, just got to talk about what CJ said with the load management. Did you see the quote that he had uh, about uh. Kawhi? <laughs> uh, CJ on load management. Someone asked him about it, and CJ said, "We are not some big super team, so I don't think we have the luxury to sit out, especially with how competitive the West is going to be. The race in the Western Conference is extremely tight. I don't know if we can afford to Kawhi it, so <laughs> to speak. So, so to speak, you'll Kawhi your way out of the playoffs. <laughs> so." Uh, I, I, There's I that pettiness that again. <laughs> yeah, right. We're talking about CJ and his petty man, his fire. I love it. He's trolling Harden on his podcast, and he's like mentioning Kawhi uh, as an ad- adjective for uh, for resting for load management. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. As far as the, uh, that actually goes, we will. I, I totally forgot why load management came up. You're talking about it, Ty. Just how it's been so much talk. But yeah, I love that quote from CJ. Go petty, team petty. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, Blazers in five, Justin B. Leak did have a second question in here, uh, other than the point guard thing that he was talking about. Who are the Blazers going to see in the finals? Yeah, I said it. Sixers, Blazers, 77 finals revisited. Let's go. Hashtag Blazers in five. Hashtag Rip City Baby. I'm with you on that, bro. I love the uh, optimism and the positivity, positivity about it. Uh, seeing a Sixers-Blazers rematch in the 50th anniversary season, uh, I don't know if you could do much better than that as far as like a beautiful, amazing story of us winning the chip. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, guys? If the Blazers make it all the way to the finals, this means we got to see an Eastern Conference team, right? If we, if we win the West yeah. Finals, who are we seeing from the East out there? Ooh, it's between the Bucks and the Sixers for sure for me. Um... I'll say Bucks. I'll say Giannis is just on a whole nother level this year, and he just wills. He just wills and past the 76ers. But yeah, I'll say Bucks. I say we beat the Bucks in six. Bucks and beat beat the Bucks in six. I like it. We might have to talk to our other uh, listener here, Buck Blazing at Buck Blazing Blazing Buck. However he wants to go there. I think that sounds like he probably. I think his little Twitter avi too looks like a, a reindeer or a buck of some sort. So uh, we probably do have a little bit of a Blazers Bucks fan in that one. And I, th- I think I'd say uh, Justin Bielik. I don't know if he's a Sixers fan, the way that he kind of went for that one, which is just the nostalgia of it. What do you think, Christian? Uh, are, do you disagree it's got to be either Philly or Milwaukee? Um, I think it's definitely between Philly or Milwaukee. Um, I'm higher on the Pacers than most people are, but at the same time, I don't see the Pacers, Raptors, uh, Nets, obviously not this year without Durant. Um, Celtics. Yeah, Celtics, no. I think they take a slight step back. I think yep. they're still a top-four seed. Yeah. Um, 
shoot, I think, no, the Raptors were that other team. Yeah, the, the, those are all the teams that are up there. So I think it's definitely between the Sixers or the Bucks. I'm also going with the Bucks. Uh, Austin and I have talked about it on Peeps and Plaid. Uh, it's, it's pretty tight. I feel better about the Sixers with Jimmy Butler last year um, than I do about them now with Al Horford and Josh Richardson. I just, I think it's good. I don't think they got any deeper really, and that was their main issue last year. Um, and I don't, I don't think that Ben Simmons is going to really develop a three-point shot this season. So I'll, I'll take the Bucks. Um, losing Malcolm Brogdon is big, but I don't think it's big enough. I think they're still going to be the best team in the East. And I'll take the Blazers over them in six games. Yeah, take it. All right, well, you guys can both go uh, beating the Bucks. I'm going to go with beating the Sixers, man. I want that nostalgia. I love it. That I would love it, yeah. Story. Uh, all right, so that is all the questioners. The questioners. The listeners. <laughs> listener questions. That is all the listener questions. Thank you, Ty. Uh, we have three listener questions this week, <laughs> so I go over to random.org, put in minimum one, maximum three, and our result, our winner is three. That is Blazers in five. At Justin B. Leak, you have won the card. The Evan Turner card. It's Evan, Evan Turner. Turner. That's right, buddy. All right, so we will get uh, your address and all that sent out to you. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening uh, and submitting those questions. Remember, you can write us at any time of the week about anything, preferably Blazers, but we will take all thoughts and questions and cheers. Uh, you can write us at Trailcasters on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at Rip City Keith, Ty at Ty Delbridge. Also, check out at TD Sports Cards. Christian, where can they find you on the social medias? All right, they can find me on Twitter for sure, at Christian G. Mellon. My last name is Gamaline, but it's G. Mellon. I found that that confuses people. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you can find me there. You can find my co-host, Austin Caphammer, at A Caphammer uh, on Twitter. Also, our podcast, at Peeps and Plaid. That's the big one. Follow us on Twitter. Hit yes. us up. We're on all major you know, streaming platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Pod. That's just that. an awesome name, by the way. I love it. You like Peeps and Plaid? I love it. Yeah, dude. dude there, there's been a lot of mixed feedback for sure. My brother's like, my brother's, uh, him and I, we get along sometimes. Uh, <laughs> he, he's like, oh, that's so corny. That's so, uh, like the alliteration. It's, it's just perfect like, for a it. podcast and a show. It's perfect. Right? I dig it. You know, the plaid, the Jack Ramsey, all that. And the, yep. bla- the plaid uniforms, I thought they were going to stick around. Yes. I was so disappointed when those went away. Those are my favorites. Um, but yeah, peeps and plaid, we're, we're going strong. We're with Blazers Uprise now with you guys, so it's it's exciting to be on that YouTube channel. Thank you to Tori for that. Um, and we just, you know, we're constantly moving forward, getting one every, every Thursday evening, so check us out there. Excellent. Yeah, check out that YouTube channel for peeps and plaid, for Holy Backboard, for Blazers Uprise. We'll be on there soon. Again, email us. If you don't like the socials, email us at trailcasters at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, soon-to-be YouTube, and Ty, what are we always looking for? Five stars? Yes, sir. Uh, changing pages. <laughs> in closing, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. Thank you to our sponsors, Envy Adventures, and Clearly Speaking. And thank you, Christian Gamelin of the Peeps in Plaid podcast for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Woo.